Now, why do you think that you would like to convert to Catholicism? Well, because, you know, I've got to have something to believe in, otherwise life is just meaningless. I understand, but why did you make the decision to choose the Catholic faith? Well, you know, first of all, because it's a very beautiful religion, and it's, it's a strong religion, it's very well structured. You know, I'm talking now, incidentally, about the, the against school prayer, pro-abortion, anti-nuclear wing. So at the moment you don't believe in God? No, and I, I want to. You know, I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I'll, you know, I'll die Easter eggs if it works. I, I need some evidence. I've got to have some proof. You know, if, if I can't believe in God, then I don't think life is worth living. It means making a very big leap. Yes, well, can, can you help me? What? Oh, my God! I don't understand. I thought that you would be happy. How could we be happy? Well, because I never thought of God in my life, now I'm giving it serious thought. But Catholicism? Why not your own people? Because I got off to a wrong foot with my own thing, you know, but, 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 but I need a dramatic change in my life. You're going to believe in Jesus Christ? I know, it sounds funny, but I'm going to try. But why? We raised you as a Jew. So, just because I was born that way, you know, I'm old enough to make a mature decision. But why Jesus Christ? Why, for instance, shouldn't you become a Buddhist? A bo that's totally alien to me. Look, you're getting on in years, right? Aren't you afraid of dying? Why should I be afraid? Because oh, you won't exist. So? That thought doesn't terrify you? Who thinks about such nonsense? Now I'm alive. When I'm dead, I'll be dead. I don't understand. Aren't you frightened? Of what? I'll be unconscious. Yeah, I know, but never to exist again? How do you know? But it certainly doesn't look promising. Who knows what'll be? Right. I'll either be unconscious or I won't. If not, I'll deal with it then. I'm not going to worry now about what's going to be when I'm unconscious. Mom, come out. Of course there's a God, you idiot. You don't believe in God. But this is a God, then why, why is there so much evil in the world? Well, just on a simplistic level, why, why were there Nazis? Tell him, Max. How the hell do I know why there were Nazis? I don't know how the can opener works. And welcome to the Night Fly with me, your host, Dave Jeskow. June 2019 edition. Taping on a Monday, rainy Monday morning, June 10th. Coming out, coming at you on Tuesday, June 11th, 2019. The year of our Lord. I don't know what that means. I just made it up because of the clip. Because I need some sort of proof, you know, like a. a you know, a, a, a burning bush. Michael Sasha, pick up a check. Some, some sort of proof that there's, that there's lawlessness in the universe. Look, I don't know what I'm talking about. But we have our opening theme back, so that means uh, somebody's in a little better mood, you know, which is good for everybody, I guess, or bad for everybody, since everybody seems to like the podcast. We're on down to the dumps. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. There's plenty of that to go around. I'm up and down every day. I should have recorded this yesterday when it was a beautiful day. Looking out the window, not a cloud in sight. You can see for miles. Of course, it, it, because they built all these buildings, I can only see for half a mile. But uh, you know how it is. I don't know if you heard about that crane falling in Dallas into people's apartments. And that, that you know... I look at that, I was like, wait, did that just happen outside my window yesterday? Before I found out it was in Dallas. I'm telling you, one bad gust of wind, I'm finished. These cranes, they are bad news. 
I mean, really, I, I don't understand how they are expected to stay up in wind as it is. And the crane company should be held accountable for it because, I don't know, what are they doing? What do you, what do you put a huge crane up in front of a residential place like that for? Yeah, I think you got to take it up and down every day. Can't just leave it up when there's high winds. Check the weather reports. You know, put on tarp like they do at the, the baseball games. You hear the weather's going to be super windy. Take that damn crane down. Staring at it every day. I mean, I'm telling you, if it falls this way, which way would this be? West. I guess the people above me are doomed, but I can't imagine it would be good for me either. It'll slice right into my building. It's huge. Which, of course, made me start thinking, I got to put a website together so I can show you all these things. Show you pictures. I mean, I know I can put them up on Twitter, but I'd rather make them more intimate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Got all back to 1982. Here's an excess. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the week. And... What a week it's been, and when I say what a week it's been, I mean I got nothing, as usual, because I haven't been doing anything. All right, yeah, granted, this past week, we put together a nice show at the Comedy Cellar, thank God, but I gotta say, you know, leading up to that week, what have I done? I've done nothing. I rarely leave the house. I mean, I try to. I try and come up with plans. That was my whole thing last week. I'm like, come up with plans. The only plans I got this week, I got a lunch with with Jim Brown on Tuesday. I got a lunch with Jim Brown. You know, Jim Brown. I think that's his real name. It's hard to say. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have any plans. The uh, the show and the track were my were that that was it. You know, until July when I opened for Sarah. So pretty much, there's no reason to leave the house. But I think Rachel's going to get me back into Soul Cycle. And I'm telling you, I'm very uptight about that because it's hard to just get up and start Soul Cycle again. I mean, I'm going to have a heart attack. I've been having, you know, when I get to bed, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack. You know, I don't have any insurance, so I'm panicked about everything. You can't just pick up Soul Cycle where you left off. You got to build up to it. It's a very intense 45 minutes of, of nonsense, you know. But I got to do something, right? I, mean, I got to do something. Meanwhile, I think I'm healthier than everybody I know. I mean, all I hear is people, uh, I don't know, that aren't. Who, who was I talking about the other day? It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it was Irene. Uh, our friend Irene, I, I don't know, she's so, I said to Rachel, I said, something's wrong with her. I, like, something's off with her lately. I can't figure out what it is. And I go, and she goes, I think she's tired all the time. And I'm like, if anybody should be tired, it should be me. I mean, even though I'm sleeping nonstop, I don't do any exercise. I lounge around. I eat poorly. This is a, this Irene, not only is she a comic, but she's also a professional trainer. You know, like she, a, a personal trainer, a personal trainer. She's come over and trained me. And she's, she's in unbelievable shape. I don't know if you've ever seen her body, but it's sick. So if something's wrong with her, then there's something wrong with the whole universe. And the fact that God is keeping me alive at this point, I mean, it's just, it's obviously some sort of cruel joke. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm going to outlive everybody now because I know that's the gag. I'm positive. I've, I've thought about this for a long time. But, you know, if I could just have some proof that God exists, you know, because I can't, I can't live in a place without moral judgment. 
But in the lack of an existence of a God, we ourselves have to become... God damn it, I can never get it right. I'm just not smart enough to figure out the wording that he uses. He's so bright. Woody, no matter what you think of him, let's face it. That... That's br- And it's just so funny. It's like every movie is just like, I got to find the existence of God. <laughs> and yet we sit there going like, God, this guy's a, he's a genius. Meanwhile, it's like, you know, when I was saying the lines I was saying, we were just playing Hannah and her sisters. The line I was talking about is from Love and Death, uh, which is the whole movie's about that. And then in Crimes and Misdemeanors, you know, we see... Martin Landau looking for it again. I mean, it's just, uh, that's all it's about. And yet we worship every bit of celluloid he puts together. Well, not all of them, but, you know, you let you let a, a creative person go. And, you know, if they have clinkers then and then they keep continuing to work, you just let them go through the process so they can get to the greatness. Like a Blue Jasmine, which is probably the last terrific film. I, I didn't see Cafe Society. He makes so many, it's hard to keep up. Uh, although I heard that was good, but let's face it, Blue Jasmine's um, unbelievable movie making and timely when it came out, which is even odder for Woody Allen. He doesn't make anything timely. You know, it's funny. I think of Hannah and Her Sisters. It came out in 86. You know, it came out in 86, you know, Back to School, you know, 85, Back to the Future. These are the movies that we love, you know, and, and then this movie is here and it's just stuck in this time warp. You don't even know it takes place in the 80s. In Hannah and her sisters, there's no indication that it takes place at all, you know, anywhere, except when they walk through the theater district and only Dave Juskow knows, you know, what plays are going on there when they're walking past the plays. I'm like, oh, it must be 1984 because you know, why is Death Trap up there? You know, like that kind of stuff. Um, meanwhile, the Tony Awards were last night. I didn't watch. I just didn't care. Um, I hated all the shows that were nominated except for Beetlejuice. And I knew that wasn't going to win. So this show called Hades Town won. Hades Town. I think that's how you pronounce it. I mean, me and Rick were making fun of it on the show. Hades Town. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If Broadway wants to just commit suicide, well, then they did it last night. Apparently, the reviews from somebody I usually trust, Michael Rydell, who I think I can have on this show, uh, of the Tony's podcast, of the Tony's cast was horrible. And that James Corden needs to pack it up. It's like that bad. They're leaving the host, the performances. But we know this. If the Tonys ever have a bad year um, of, you know, lack of shows, lack of songs, but they're just doomed because, you know, they're, they're, they're on a thread anyway. You know, theater, musical theater. It's on a thread. You know, they get lucky if they, uh, you know, have close to a sellout every night, maybe, or, you know, half full or Whatever, unless it's, you know, unless they get a, a Hamilton or a Dear Evan Hansen. And, you know, Dear Evan Hansen, it's only you I only know about it because I told you about it. Everyone knows about Hamilton. And those kind of shows are exceedingly rare, as they say in the musical Once Upon a Mattress. <laughs> but a genuine princess is exceedingly rare. But I'm saying... Broadway likes to shoot itself in the foot, which is why Dave Juskow likes Broadway, because that's what Dave Juskow likes to do. They have subpar hosts. You might like James Corden. I'm sure if he sat down with them, he'd be a lovely guy, but it wasn't working last night, apparently. Could judge by myself, but I was bored by all the shows. I didn't care. 
I didn't care who won. I didn't care who lost. It wasn't like those a couple of years where I am sitting there going, if this guy doesn't win, I'm never seeing another Broadway show. I'm talking about Ben Platt. I'm talking about Christine Ebersole. Those kind of performances that, you know, it's not just me. You know, if, look, look, if you like acting, if you like good acting, you like theater, Brian Cranston won for Network, all right. That's good, right? You like this kind of stuff. If you like really good actors because you've seen so much shit, if your sister's in a play every other month and you just see some of the worst acting in your life, then yeah, you latch on to somebody who's just given a performance that, that seems to make life good again because there's this. Anyway, that wasn't last night. This thing in Hades Town. You know what this is about? This, I mean, I'm telling you, if you want to win back, if you want Broadway to thrive, then choose Beetlejuice or even Tootsie, which I, I knew Tootsie wasn't going to win. I knew it wasn't going to win because David Yazbek, as much as I like him very much, I, they're serious about that. I don't think they would let him win two years in a row because he won the year before. So Hades Town, musical I'd never heard of. In fact, uh, Rick and I on the show were making fun that it was called Hades Town, and we thought it was about AIDS in Haiti, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with that. And uh, then Rick made a funny song. And uh, anyway, this show, and it's, the best is it's a, like the original concept album, Hades Town, like the original concept album. You ready for this? Hades Town tells a version of the ancient Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. It could be pronounced Eurydike. I have no idea. I swear to God. Wait a minute. I think I have the pronunciation. Eurydice. Oh, I was way off. Eurydice. All right. Because I, oh, <laughs> I was way off on that. Uh, tells a version of the ancient Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, where Orpheus journeys to the underworld to rescue his fiance Eurydice. Oh, so it's a play about hell, I guess. Well, that's kind of fun. <laughs> I have no idea. Listen, I have no idea what the songs are like. I thought we'd play it together. I've never heard this song in my life. I was just... Already I hate it. This is something I would see maybe at a... not horrible it's just um i i'd never heard it in my life i'm playing i'm listening it to for with you guys at, at the very that's what i thought i'd do let's listen to it together right it's not horrible it's just not you know it, it's not a lavish broadway musical and i think that's what sells tickets here's a different song called the road to hell let's see if this is any better <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, maybe it's a Friday the 13th. Once upon a time there was a railroad train. Oh my god, I hate this musical already. You don't think I could write this myself? If they made a Friday the 13th a musical, I'm going. Oh 
my God, this show sucks. I'm telling you, right? Like, broad, pe- most people hate Broadway, right? Like, I'm the only person that likes it. And, um, I mean, I'm not, clearly I'm not the only person, but you know what I'm saying, right? So most people make fun of it. And let me tell you this. This is the other thing, the reason I brought it up. Now that Les Moonves has been me too'd, but deservingly so, not like Dave Juskow. Sorry. I've already done uh, two months on this already. But, uh, no, it's been a month. Uh, Les Moonves deserved to be me too. Let's let's not forget what we're talking about here. But Dave Juskow does not. If you fire the person that brought up the charges, you've done something wrong. Anyway, I say that's the end of the Tony Awards on CBS. I don't think they air them. We'll see what the ratings are. And I guarantee, I bet that that's it. Les Moonves was the only person, the only reasons the Tonys were still on CBS, because they do not draw ratings, even if you have Wolverine as the host. They, I, With him gone, you know, I think they gave it one more chance. My guess is in two years at least, and I wouldn't be surprised next year if they're just on PBS. I swear to God, I can't imagine, or some other cable channel, Les Moonves was the champion of the Tony Awards. And that's all he had going for him, pretty much. Um, so if you have a bad show and you have a bad year, unfortunately, with not a lot of great shows going on, and apparently, from what this guy said in the paper today, a horrible podcast, a horrible telecast, well, you've just doomed yourself, let alone choosing Hades Town as your best musical, which no one's heard of, listening to this music. I can't wait to never see this play unless somebody says to me, you know, somebody I trust like Larry Moss or Vincent Masso says to me, you got to see this play. It's unbelievable. But listen to this music. I'm I'm out. Before I came on, on the air today, I was going to be like, well, if it's good, yeah, I'll go see it. Uh, I, I don't think uh, this just won Best Musical, and I'm pretty sure I, it's, it's, it's not going to be hard to get tickets. Uh, hold on, I got the today's paper here. I think the guy who um, plays Tootsie, who I did see, Santana, Santino Fontana, he was actually terrific. He won best performance. I mean, this this is how they kill themselves. Uh, best play, The Ferryman. I mean, it's supposed to be good. No one's ever heard of it. This is, this is the issue, you know. Best performance by an actress, The Share Show. The guy, oh, so he says... Uh, this guy, Michael Rydell, who's on the uh, Tom Shalhoub show a lot. That's how I can get in touch with him. Uh, they gave me his um, information. What did they say about the share show? They said it was a disaster. They said whether all those Tony wins lead to a major uptick in tickets. He's talking about Hadestown. Remains to be unseen. The number Hadestown did on the telecast surely was baffling to anybody who hasn't seen the show. Reeve Carney looking sad and screaming out Eurys- Eurydice. Oh, God, we just heard the pronunciation. It's not up there with Jennifer Holliday singing, and I am telling you I'm not going from Dreamgirls. I'm going to agree with that. Reeve Carney from uh, Spider-Man. Oh, here it is. The Cher show was a disaster. Stephanie J. Block won Best Actress in a Musical, but there was something off with the tempo in Believe. When the number ended, CBS cut to audience members at Radio City Musical who seemed underwhelmed despite all those Bob Mackie costumes. Beetlejuice did a frantic number that won't sell a ticket at the Winter Garden, 
Beetlejuice is about to be squished. Word on the street last night was that Hugh Jackman was taking the Music Man to the Winter Garden next season. I guess that'll be helpful. So he's giving you all the ups and downs. And, you know, we like to talk about Broadway here, even though I'm not sure if any of my listeners... I think my listeners do care, so... But this is just, uh, you know, one person's... I mean, this is the guy that I thought had something... He must be friends with, uh, you know, that guy that was in Groundhog Day and that stuff. Because remember, he was saying... I I can't think of his name right now. You know, I've seen him in everything. Uh, Because he was saying he was going to... It was between him and Ben Platt. It was so ridiculous. It was obviously somebody who's close to that guy because it it's a ridiculous thing and and if we have him on the show i will i i will bring it up i will not be two-faced that day i'll say like how could you have thought andrew carl was even close to being and if he has a, an explanation you know we'll we'll say like oh all right i got you um i mean think if he has a good explanation like you know my classic classic explanation by uh who's the the movie reviewer we like uh Richard, not Richard Rogers, Richard Roper, Richard Roper, one of the greatest explanations you've ever heard. Uh, Somebody asked him who should win. You know, you'll figure out the year when I say who should win. This is uh, the blind side when Sandra Bullock won. He goes, who's who should win best actress? And he goes, Meryl Streep for Julie and Julia. I've told you this before because it's a, a great way to put it. And if this Michael Rydell had a way of putting it like this, then we'd be like, oh. He said, who should win Best Actress? He said, Meryl Streep and Julie and Julia, who's playing Julia Child, Meryl Streep. And uh, he goes, oh, you don't think Sandra Bullock should win? And you're like, no, Sandra Bullock will win. He's like, but you just said the best actress is Meryl Streep. Yes, the best actress is Meryl Streep. And let me put it like this. 20 years ago, could Meryl Streep, could you see Meryl Streep as the Sandra Bullock character in The Blind Side? And there is no question people would be like, oh, yeah, Absolutely. Could you ever in your life see Sandra Bullock doing a Julia Child, you know, uh, movie? And the answer would, of course, be no. And so there is your best actress. Great analogy. Great stuff. Stuff, uh, you know, I never would have thought of putting it that way, which makes Meryl Streep the best actress and should have won. Meanwhile, I'm all aboard for Sandra Bullock winning anything. She's great. And she was amazing in The Blind Side. And I love that movie. But if you say best actress, that category, I mean, that it's Meryl Streep. And I hate that Julie and Julie, and I've told you this before. I love Julia Child. I think she's just the shit. I'm glad they made a movie about her, but I am upset that the movie they made about it that they share with some complete douchebag tool, which is Amy Adams, who I love. I just hate the character she was playing. I hate that girl. I don't know what her stupid name is. You know, a girl who's going to blog about Julia Child every day. Have I been saying Julia Roberts? <laughs> I wonder if I have. I play it back. I could kill myself. Um, but, uh, oh, I hate that they had to share it with this whore. And if Julia Child was alive, she'd probably be like, wait, you're going to make a movie about me. You're going to share it with this asshole who's trying to copy my, there's some crazy woman who just keeps falling down. It was like an episode of iCarly. She's like, oh no, I can't, I keep falling down in my kitchen. It's hilarious. You're taken away from what Julia Child did. This woman, this blazing woman who just didn't give a shit and entered this man's world and just made a name for herself and was badass fucking cool. And you're sharing the stage with a dope. 
And they added something about 9-11 so it makes her seem relevant. I hate that movie so much and it makes me angry. And that's the funny thing. I like those two actresses, Amy Adams and and, uh, Meryl Streep. Obviously, who doesn't like Meryl Streep? But, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I was... um, I've been watching so much James Bond, right? Because I've just always turned in the channel to see if there's something on. And there's this guy, and I can't can't remember his name now. It was Shane something or other. Shane Rinner. Shane Rinner. Wait, I can look it up. Shane Rimmer. Shane Rimmer. And uh, he just died a month ago. Uh, Two months ago. Shane Rimmer. Never heard of his name before in my life. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, he's in three James Bond movies. I, I saw him in You Only Live Twice. He just plays, like, the guy who's on the, you know, one. he's got one line. He's like, uh, the spaceship is being blown up or something. And then I saw him in Diamonds Are Forever, where he's just playing the radiology technician. And then I saw him, and then, I, of course, I know him from The Spy Who Loved Me, where he plays the uh, ship captain, and he's like, you know, an ally of James Bond. And he's like... Look, James, those orders come from the top. All right, I'll give you an hour. But then he blows up the ship with James Bond in it anyway, some friend. This guy's great. He also, he was the voice of uh, one of the pilots in uh, Thunderbirds, <laughs> you know, the puppets. This guy's been around for a long time. He just died. Um, you know, but he's, uh, he's a pretty cool guy. He's, a, you know, one of those uh, likable faces. And then, so then I was looking at some of the stuff he was in. He's in this scene from uh, Out of Africa with Meryl Streep. He's working with Meryl Streep. I mean, this guy was one of those. He should have been on the, uh, you know, the the Carnies. Shane Rimmer. Who knew? I go to Dunkin' Donuts every day now and have a coffee. I don't make coffee at home anymore because it gets me out of the house, thank God. Thank God. Old man's going to pull through, thank God. So wait, where was I? I was talking about a bunch of stuff. Oh, you missed a bunch of stuff. Uh, well, we were talking about Tuesday's show, but I think I was skipping all over the place. Um, so yesterday was the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Never left the house. Oh, actually, I did have a slice of pizza with Memo and his daughter. That's become a nice tradition. Uh, at least, again, it got me out. Of, if I can just get out of the house for like an hour or less even, it's important. You got to have something to do. You got to go somewhere. You got to have a reason to put on pants. Um, so anyway, Tuesday, I had a reason to put on pants and I decided I would leave the house early. You know, I used to have a tradition when I was working and, you know, I had my ways. I would, you know, I'd wake up and get a cup of coffee, you know, figure out the show a little bit, then go and, uh, get money out of the bank to pay the comics, then get a sub, like I need half of it. So I'd have half here and then, you know, hang around practice the opening a little bit and then go down to the show around five o'clock unless it was a big musical thing we have to get down at four but yeah five or six o'clock but this time i'm like no let me get down there early i don't know i got everything else i'm not really doing that much i didn't i didn't plan a lot of stuff i haven't been in the right mind oh my god something jesus something huge just fell off that stupid crane i'm just saying like a like a big like smoke cloud of something like you know like some like uh like cement or something, but then it broke up by the time it hit the ground. I'm telling you, man, it'd be classic if something really did happen and I was like talking about it the whole time. Um. Anyway, uh, sorry about that. Uh, obviously, I'm looking out the window. 
so I didn't prepare a lot. I haven't been in the right frame of mind. It wasn't the usual show that I like to do. We, all we did was, so I went down, I went down early and I got a haircut finally because I couldn't afford a haircut. I finally got some money. So I was able to afford a haircut and the guy cut my hair and it looked amazing. I get it. Everybody was talking about it. They're like, wow, your hair looks unbelievable. Uh, it looks, I, it was like poofy, but I have no problems with poofy. Oh, it's falling in. What is that stuff? What? Is somebody up there? Are they sweeping? Oh, somebody is up there. What are they doing? Are they throwing something off on purpose? It's like dust, but it's like so much that it's uh, confused. Now I'm keeping an eye on this guy. It's kind of fascinating. I don't know why they're throwing it off there. I guess I could complain. Um, They don't seem to realize I'm an old man that looks out the window and looks for this kind of... Oh, wait, he is throwing something off. He's like picking up like a garbage can. Yeah, he's dumping something. The hell is that? I watched him pick it up and dump it off the... What the... He's dumping it onto the street. What is it? Oh, I got to find out what that is, right? Yeah, he doesn't realize who I'm, who he's dealing with. It's an old man who's got nothing to do except look out the window and complain to his congressman that there's something going on. They have no idea who they're dealing with. No idea. I guess they thought they were in an area where millennials just hang out. Nobody's going to complain. It's still coming off. He's dumping it slower now, so it's not so obvious. But I don't know what it is. I'll find out. I'll go talk to them. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck are you guys dumping off that crane? And by the way, Shut up in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, what are you, a wise guy? I'll make some, so much trouble for you, your head will spin. You know, if you mix up the words, it's like the trip. Which, at least try and get the lines right. All right, all right. Come, come, Mr. Bond. Um, you, you derive much pleasure in killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive much pleasure in killing as I do. A hearty handshake, queen and country. Damn it can't remember any of the lines. It's absolutely horrible. I suck. Anyway, I got my hair cut. Then I was going to get a manicure, but Rick wanted to practice early, which was fine. And I didn't know what we were doing. So the thing I decided to do was I was going to, since it was Broadway theme, which would have been much more fun had I not got into this headspace. Um, we just sang Guys and Dolls. And then changed the lyrics to make them politically correct. And was it going over? No. Uh, we did it three times. I Normally, I would have done that up front and then done another kind of couple of bits. It just, I just wasn't in the head. I'm like, let's just spread it out because now I have extra comics. I want to get through everything. I don't want people hanging, you know, staying too long. So we do, you know, it's like, it's an opportunity to sing, of course. So uh, when you see a guy reach for stars in the sky you know we'd be like that's fine if we'd sing it once through and then go over it again just so we could sing it once through you can bet that he's doing it for some doll then we had to stop right there well we're gonna have to change the name of the name of the show entirely you can't say the word doll anymore you just can't do it so you when you bet that he's doing it for some smart sophisticated woman when a guy wears tails with a front gleaming white who the hell, heck, do you think he's tickling pink on Saturday night? You know, what are we talking about? Is he is he playing with her vagina? What is he putting a finger in her vagina? Can we say, can't, can't say, that we can't call it a pink. And we're like, no, I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying he's tickled pink, but for some reason that sounds wrong too. So we're going over the whole thing like that. And it was kind of funny, but not, not funny enough. 
But I will tell you this. Mateo killed it. He was the best comic on the show. His stand-up is getting to this level of greatness. He has something interesting to say, obviously talking about gay, and he made this comparison that he was watching this show called Ghost Hunters or whatever it's called, and that how funny it would be if his... If he, he, he don't know what his parents would hate more like if they told him he was going to be a ghost hunter or if they told him he was going to be gay. I mean, that's pretty goddamn funny. Because you know, they'd be like, wait, maybe I'd prefer if you were gay. Uh, so that's pretty funny. And he's obviously great with energy on stage. I mean, I've seen a lot of gay comics who are flamboyant like Mario Cantone would kill that when we were doing the Caroline's Comedy Hour and I had my legendary moment, I was told that, you know, when I when every when we filmed that season, <clears throat> that I was the best. And, you know, if one person had stood, it, everyone would have stood. It was that like that's listen, that's the performance. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, like, that's what it was. And that was the one that keeps me. That's the reason I'm opening for Sarah Silverman, that performance, okay? 20, 30 years ago, whatever the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, now that guy's climbing down that ladder again. It's so funny. It goes forever. It's one dude, and he's climbing down. It's the dude that was up there throwing that stuff out, and he's climbing down the ladder, and it's so funny. I got to take a video of it. I got to get a website so I can play this for everybody. He really looks like, like a Family Guy version of Spider-Man in a costume from far away, uh, like the human fly who makes his own costume and, you know, fly uh, climbs a tower. Anyway, sorry. What the hell was I talking about now? It's, I mean, it was hard to take my concentration off. But, uh, oh, so, uh, yeah, so they said the only person that did as well uh, in that season was Mario Cantone. And he did just as well, if not maybe better, or it was a tie, or he did just a level lower. But, you know, he was just gay and fabulous and energetic, and those kind of things are fun. And, you know, because the next two comics, which are Mike Vecchione and Carmen Lynch, are very mellow. Hey, I just, you know, it might as well you, you have, you know, Jim Brewer followed by Stephen Wright. You know, there's energy, and then... So it was a great way to kick off the show. Mateo killed it. And then really nobody was able to follow him. He He's becoming this thing. And maybe I got to prepare shows better. But I had the, uh, I'm usually pretty good at it. But then, of course, people are like, oh, I'm not going to be able to be there till late. I would have paced it differently. But what can I do if other people have other shows and they can't come till a certain time? It's really kind of annoying. And then... Um, so then Judy Gold, of course, who's always trouble. I don't know why I work with her, except that I do like her. Um, always late, always trouble. Oh, I can't make your show. Now I can make your show, so I put Carmen in instead. And then she comes, but she was late. Maybe she was even on time, but we were running like clockwork on time. And she was on the C train, you know, so I don't know when she's going to get here. So we do our bit. We're stretching. She's not there. This is making me totally nervous when the comics are late. Carmen Lynch was late because she went to the wrong place. She went to the original comedy seller. She's like, I forgot how popular were that you were doing the big room. And I'm like, they don't even do theme shows at that other room. What's the matter with you? If she wasn't so cute, I would have been really furious. But uh, 
yeah, when you're waiting and the next comic isn't there, it's terrifying. I can't stretch. I have no improv skills. I cannot talk to the audience. I can't do anything. I said to the guy working the booth, I said, I'm going to ask you if our next comic is here and please yell out so so I don't sit there like an idiot, which happens a lot where you just hear nothing. But uh, fortunately, as luck would have it, Jeff Ross came early and Dave was there and they just went on in place of Judy. It was fantastic. What could be better than... Dave Ross, Dave Attell and Jeff Ross getting up when there's no, when I don't have a comic. I'm lacking as a comic and they get up and perform. And then I got off stage and Rick stayed up there and uh, I got the wireless mic. So I was talking from the back, but then they got mad that I was talking from the back and they made me come up and then they made fun of me and started roasting me, which I don't particularly like, but I know it was the right thing to do. And they told uh, me and Rick that we look like the old guys from the Muppet show. Big laughs at my expense. Well, well done. But, of course, in the long run, who cares? Thank God they single-handedly saved the show. And I will be forever grateful. It was super fun that they were on stage. And we had a really good time. Then Judy got up. And then Jessica cursed on. And everybody was complaining. It was funny. They were complaining about the energy in the room. They're like, this is bad. This is bad. But they were mistaken. Okay, maybe the people weren't dying laughing, but they were all smiling and in a really good mood. They were having a good time. I really believe that a couple of the comics read the room entirely wrong. But that's very easy to do. When the laughs don't come, you get you panic. But if you really saw the people and I saw their faces, everybody was having a good time and they were smiling. And that is the bottom line. You know, it's just, you know, sometimes... If you have, it, it's probably my fault that they weren't. I probably ruined the moment with me and Rick's stupid bit. And they're like, oh, God, here we go with the guys and dolls again. So it's probably my own fault. But, um, you know, whatever. So that night after, I was very happy for it to be finished. And I went upstairs drinking again, got really drunk. Thank God. I was like hoping I could get a little drunk. I was like. Yeah, drunk and slurring my words. That's the way I wanted to get, obviously. I didn't mind as long as the show. I don't mind being drunk the next day after I did a show that I'm going to get paid for, you know? So then it's not as bad as when you wake up drunk and you're like, oh, my God, I I have no future. Uh, You know, it felt like, all right, I did a good show. People were happy. I'll make some money. Then it's a reason to celebrate, you know? So, you know, it's funny, all my... 25-year-old friends were there. So, I mean, I'm not talking about just from work. I'm talking about from life, from everywhere I've met. It's just just funny. Well, I guess those are the ones that can hang out on a Tuesday night. Uh, So it was a really good time. And then uh, this girl came who I had taken, uh, you know, whatever. uh, I don't know how to explain it, but she's the young... It's like, I can't, she's 22. She's younger than everybody there. I mean, it just gets worse and worse for me. I met her, you know, I met her at the wing place. (laughs) She's a waitress at the wing place and, uh, you know, but she's okay. And uh, then I hang out, you know, then uh, she left and I was hanging out with my friend um, who's 23 and then we went out for dinner, you know, we went to the diner and I told her not to order the wings there because they were horrible at this particular diner, but she ordered it anyway and I heard she threw up. What do you think is going to happen if you order those crappy wings? You don't listen. But I was out until like, you know, six in the morning, which is 
all I ever want to do. Dave was like, come on, let's go to the diner. But I didn't want to leave. I was having a good time drinking. A lot of times that's not the case. Everybody goes home and I'm still there just drinking by myself. But uh, I was having a good time. Sam Morell was there. Mark Norman and Liz. So we were having a good time. Sherrod was there. Let me tell you something. This is interesting. So Sherrod comes out. We're all standing outside having a good time, smoking a little bit. And uh, (laughs) Sherrod, something happens where I use the N-word to Sherrod because he told me to or whatever. And we're just saying all this racist stuff. And, uh, you know, just making jokes and i say to myself i'm like this is so funny this is like probably the reason i got fired um where i never use the n-word but you know here at the comedy club you can go a little further but it is funny that i've been that i was able to maintain that job for 20 years because you know the other part of my life you can say whatever you want it is all in a comedy context it's funny because you know i like it's just, <laughs> this just sounds so prejudice and racist anyways there's no way to win but it's like i like sherrod so much and all i kept thinking of was um you know this it was a dream i dreamt the whole thing it was just a bad dream good morning sir merry christmas coleman i've had the most absurd nightmare i was poor and no one liked me i lost my job i lost my house penelope hated me it was all because of this terrible, awful Negro. Well, I mean, that's what happened to me at my job, pretty much. And um, that's the funny thing. I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, that really just makes me angry. That, that you know, that... Because um, my life is is interesting and complicated and diverse. And I think people think it's not. And, you know when it comes to comedy and stuff like that, things are different in the comedy world. I mean, you still have to be polite and a gentleman, but in comedy, I mean, it's just things are said and things are put into a different perspective and to, you know, hold it together for so many years where, you know, you can't say the things you want to say as a joke or whatever, I mean, it's kind of a miracle that I was able to last that long when, you know, I would go out at night and you can say whatever you want on stage. I mean, it's uh, certainly a little less like that now. I'm not even talking about on stage. I'm just talking about to the people that I know and that they get it. And, you know, it's just uh, a different culture. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're in L.A., if that's different, if you can say the things that you think are funny or you you know your friends are going to think are funny. But in New York, or at least uh, where I am and the people I know, they all seem to get it. But L.A. might be different too. I don't know. That's what makes me so upset is that, I don't know. I, I wish I could uh, explain it better, but I really can't. But that's what I was thinking when I was there. And I'm like, you know, I don't understand you know, here the stuff I say is fine and there it's not. But I guess, you know, it's a corporate environment. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a corporate environment. But again, the things I said at work weren't uh, made in a prejudice uh, state. They were made as a matter of fact in some way. No, you, I'm not explaining everything because I can't yet. But like I said, I will. And to help this uh, girl that needs 
help. Trust me, this, you know, one of the other co-conspirators that got me fired needs help. She needs help. And uh, that's what I was there for. And then to turn around like that still makes me upset. Obviously, I'm still going to talk about an event, you know, uh, because it's it's not going away. It's only a month. It's still in my head. I have nightmares about it every night. Still. Not nightmares, just dreams about people in the office. Uh, you know, it's just impossible not to have. I have such strange dreams now. Such strange dreams. I dream about my cat a lot. How much I miss her. And, um, you know, people at the office that I'll probably never see again. Uh, some which is good. I mean, everybody I want to see, I'm going to see again. You know what I mean? But then there's some people that, you know, just haven't contacted me that I'm surprised. And then uh, people that have, that I've been told not to trust, which is fascinating. So I don't, it's weird. People I thought were on my side. But, um, you know, I uh, sent my lawyer a photo, a very questionable photo sent by the managing partner. And he thought, he's like, oh my God, do you have more of these kind of photos? Because we can just say your working conditions were real fucked up. And I'm like, I, I might have more, but we'll see. And um, yeah, because I'm, 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 still, I'm still angry. I don't want to be angry and I obviously want to move on. But I'm angry at the way I'm being treated, and I cannot figure out for the life of me why. Uh, that's what I, that is the issue. Why are they treating me this way? I understand having to fire me just the way they had to suspend me because they were afraid of the black lesbian. Uh, but I don't understand why this kind of treatment. And, uh, that's that's the issue I will always have. But again, uh, I've been talking to more and more powerful people. Uh, I just talked to um, like a very important lawyer at, uh, what is it, uh, AIG or something? I can't, I can't remember. I don't know this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, and um, who did I just talk to at the, was it the Post or? I don't know, somebody at the, the, you know, they are interested in the story again still. So there's, there's still, there's still stuff to say. And, uh, you know, like Glenn Close and uh, Fatal Attraction, I will not be ignored. Even though I just want this to be over and move on. But, you know, now I got a lot of free time on my hands. So can't stop thinking about it. I wish I could, but I can't. I mean, it's been a month now. And I do nothing. I just hang out. But it is classic. Every time you tell the story, people love it. It's, uh, like I said, the only way to leave a job in a blaze of glory. Now, uh, a couple other things, obviously. Uh, I feel like it just got off track because we were having a good time, or maybe we weren't. Again, you know, with the podcast, I, uh, I got to find a, I got to find you know, another way to do it, I feel. I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. I'm not putting it together the way I want to. But whatever. 
I will tell you this though. When I was thinking of that Hades town, and what was the pronunciation of that thing again? Uh, Eurydice. 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 Um, I was thinking of because uh, what was the thing again? It was uh, Eurydice and Orpheus. Right, that's what it was. And I was thinking, you know, what a better musical would be would be about the character Morpheus. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Now, wouldn't that be a much more fun musical? All I'm offering is the truth. Yeah, there's a song. Take the red pill. Take the blue pill. Which one goes down the rabbit hole? Take the red pill. You wake up in your... I can't remember which one was which. But take the blue pill, take the blue pill, take the red pill, take the blue pill, I will. Kansas is going bye-bye, bump. That would be a much more fun musical. Because, you know, then even you could make these dances like, you know, karate or kung fu where they do those scenes. I mean, you just have dancers Choreograph choreographing that kind of stuff. I mean, who who wouldn't go to see that? I mean, I'd, I'd go see that in a second. I mean, somebody should really make the Matrix musical. It'd be kind of cool. It does make sense. If you're making a musical about Rocky, why can't you make a musical about the Matrix? And why shouldn't Dave Juskow be the one to do it? Well, 
because I'm lazy and I do nothing. I sit at home all day and stare outside the window. Lazy. I've always been lazy to a point, to the point that I am lazy. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Uh, oh, I'll tell you this from last week. Uh, last week, we were talking about uh, the night Thoreau spent at Jell-O-My acting. It was really funny because I got uh, a Facebook from Bob Grossman. Who's great. He's like, yeah, well, don't worry about it. My grandfather passed away, you fucking asshole. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, I don't think he was really angry, but it was pretty funny. I think he was probably pretty surprised that <laughs> I enough and I remembered. Uh, and then Rich Duffy, you know, because he's like, he was like, hey, I bought the entire track team and then they never spoke to me again, asshole. And I'm like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't listen to the rest of the podcast. He was like, so he's like, hey, hey, I bought people. And I'm like, don't worry. I said it. And then, he, you know, after he heard the rest of it, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. I didn't get to that part. He was jumping the gun. It was unbelievable. Uh, he's like, hey, I bought the entire track team. And then they never talked to him again. Thanks a lot, jerk off. That was hilarious, too. But uh, what I, we were also talking about John Waite because we were playing bad English. And I'm sorry, I saw a couple of tweets right at the bottom of my I got to answer the tweets. I, I just haven't been on my game with the tweets. I got to answer people back. I saw other people love that song, too, which made me really have straight from the heart. Um, but I found the clip with me and John Vitti from the Boston Globe uh, with John Waite. So, so John Vitti is using all the babies, his former band term, which I didn't even know. He's using all their songs head first. Uh, the baby, um, there's another one he puts in. So he was amazing. And John Waite, you can see him looking up. He's breaking character. He's like, wait, they're mentioning all my songs, which I think he liked. So he's sitting there reading Billboard magazine, and me and John are right in front of him. Uh, and again, if I had the website, I could put up the clip and you would see 1985 Dave Juskow with his Jewy nose and his Jewy hair acting really Jewy. Oh, Dave, John, John. you going to that meeting tomorrow? Yeah, but I have to I have to get going now. Oh, really? But, you know, Debbie's been going to be at that meeting. She's going to be missing you, she said. Big I know, but see, see, the thing about Debbie is, right, yeah. she jumped into this this relationship head first, and yeah. I said, look, Dave, oh. Deb, isn't it time that you get back on your feet again? You know, I, but she's yeah. just a big baby. But, Dave, I have to go. Right, but, John, wait. Yeah? What, what Dave? I was, uh, I, I know she was in tears the other day. It was just awful. Oh, it was just, that's got a restless heart for you, boy. I tell you, you know what? Every time she thinks of you, know, it, she has to catch her breath every time uh, she thinks of you. Probably, it's awful, it's but I have to go. Uh, but John, wait. Yeah. You, what, Dave? Just not, I, well, you know, just you, you should really go see her because you know it's important. Okay. Okay. Hard okay. Enough. She's getting no breaks. Seriously. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll go see her now. But okay. Dave, I gotta go. John, I gotta go. I just, and then we walk away, and uh, yeah, we walk away, and then he uh, gets up out of the paper, and then we play that song. You know, the legendary one. so cool that he did it, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, we, I'll, I'll get the way, I promise. I'll get all this up there. And then we can all hang out together. Every time I think of you I know these lyrics, pretty much. I always catch my breath 
sickness every day. In the shower. <laughs> and I wonder why you left. I mean, this is an 80s classic, like every breath you take. And when this song was the most popular, he did our show. It was unbelievable. actually know all the lyrics like i mean some i know more than the other stuff i do i was not looking it up i was not reading it just remember the lyrics i used to love that song and like i said i mean he was just so cool to us that i even bought you know i mean i was very adamant about his next album which again here we go again from last week you know it's like he made another album i thought this song was really good it did nothing it went nowhere but I do remember Carol Miller on NEW. It was a rock station here in New York. And Carol Miller, who used to be so sexy and had that crazy deep voice, um, put this song on before the album came out. And she, after it was over, she's like, God, he writes such good songs. So then I thought, you know, maybe it's cool. But it's not really. It doesn't hold up. But I haven't heard it in 30 years. So let's. Yeah, yeah, this doesn't hold up, but remember, I liked it a lot. I haven't heard this song in 30 years, have you? It's called Every Step of the Way. It's called Every Step of the Way. Oh my God, it's coming back. It's amazing. You're the meaning of success to me. And love is free. Oh my god, I can't believe I remember the words. That's so weird. That's so weird. Wow. It's like coming back. It's so crazy. It's like reading the Torah. Way. No matter what you need, 
the way it goes. I'm with you every step of the way. I'm right beside you. God, I totally remember. It's so weird. I must have listened to this for weeks or something that I can remember at all so well. It's gotta be 30 years. From me, don't try to work it out, just let it be. Emotion has no price, and love is free. It's free, no matter where you go, I'm with you every step of the way. No matter what you need, I've got more than every single day. Shadows, you'll find me. I knew that was the word. I didn't know it was the second part. I'm with you. Every step of the way. I can't believe I remembered all those words. It's so weird. That's so weird. It just like came flooding back. I, uh, I mean, listen, I mean, I wanted to support the guy badly. I mean, think about what he did for a couple of teenagers. That's so nice. I can't imagine anybody doing that in this day and age, but uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, listen, you heard the song Missing You was huge. Uh, I remember when he came to the school and then he did the show. And somebody said, did he play Missing You? I was going to punch that person in the face. They weren't even doing it as a joke. Did he play Missing You? No, he didn't play Missing You. Fucking piece. What the fuck is the matter with you? How did you get into college? Did he play Missing You? You You know, I'm remembering more of that stuff now. Was that the one? Yeah. I remember I went with this to the concert part. I went with this beautiful girl, beautiful girl. Christina Savickis, I think. Something like that. Beautiful blonde girl. Yeah, I couldn't believe she wanted to go with me. And it was so funny. I bought her and I'm like, hey, why don't you come with me? I think, you know, we might be able to meet John Wade. I I don't know. I have some sort of in there. And then it was so funny because she's so pretty. We were enjoying the show. And then she got moved up to the front. And like, no, no, you stay here. I mean, she was stunning. I mean, she looked like Christy Brinkley. I mean, she was gorgeous. And she moves to the front just with the shrug of the arms. What do you want me to do? I, oh, here we go. We're flying. It was like, no, no, you're good. You're good in these seats. No, you stay here. I couldn't even be mad at her. She didn't do it on purpose. I mean, I saw the flood taking her. She wasn't, it wasn't like it was like a boy taking her. It was like a flood. Or it, it just seemed natural that she would be asked to be moved to the front. It it made a lot of sense. Uh, it was really funny. And uh, it was okay because, you know, we fooled around. So then as long as that happened, then I was like, well, all right, at least she 
does technically like me. If we never fooled around, I'd be devastated. So that's something. That was a big deal. Ooh, I wonder if that's the girl that I was angry because I thought maybe... I wonder if that's why I'm angry at that girl from the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Huh. It's all connected. It's all connected. John Waite, everybody. Two weeks in a row, John Waite. What happened to that guy? Where is he? I wonder if he's still got the vocal prowess. You know, there's a girl in Hoboken who I'm friends with. Her kid looks exactly like John Waite. I would always be, and I would send pictures of him like, how's that John Waite kid doing? I think the kid's like 13 now. I think she still looks like him. Again, got to get the website going so I can share all this with you. But you remember this song. This is a classic. I don't know why they don't do this in American Idol. It's such a good song. People talking And they're saying that you're leaving You're so unhappy With the way that you've been living Oh, we always wish for money We always wish for money This was a classic, too. I know they used it in that movie Vision Quest or something, but it was off his first album called Ignition, which I had him sign. I got a signed copy. I don't know if it makes a difference anymore, but I got a signed copy. Um, then I asked him. I remember I was asking him. I was trying to ask a question. And he was, I was just like, did, did you decide, like, what songs go first? Because it's kind of perfect. And he's like, yeah, I decide that. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I had nothing. I had nothing. Anyway, that's our John Wade story. Let me tell you what happened on Saturday. I went to the track for the Maria Basita Invitational. Uh, we, you know, we have our own little area and stuff. It was so windy, but I bought this 22-year-old girl. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is I'm looking at my Spotify, and now we're friends. Like she put it. I'm like, she's like, yeah, we'll be friends on Spotify, and then I can use my playlist on your Spotify so we can listen in the car. And I'm looking at a picture of her now on the right hand side, and I'm like, oh crap, does this mean she can see? When I'm looking at she's like, you know, where she's going to be like, why is he so obsessed with this John? Who the fuck is this John Waite? She's 22. I mean, she, I, the guy with John Waite, who the fuck? I mean, how embarrassing is that guy? I can see a little picture of her on the right-hand side. Is this, I didn't know you could, I don't, that, that can't be good. She's going to be able to see my song list. This is not going to, she's going to be like, well, wait, how old is this? Brother, can you spare a dime? Who sings that? This this is not good. But I tell you, all right. So you're right. It's like all right. Why these young? Why why why? And it's not why. It's it again. It's a case by case basis. They always want to do stuff and hang out. And they and they're and you know again. This girl. First of all, this girl knew the ponies. She had a horse growing up, so she knew the ponies. She called a friend who used to work at the stables with her. Say, I need some things. We won the first race. We won the trifecta. Because of this girl that I bought to the track. It was beautiful. And I'll tell you something. 
She was on time at my house. You know how Dave Jessica respects that. I didn't have to call. She was like, she was like, no, let's get there at 10 o'clock just in case. She was exactly on time. She had partied the night before. She had a housewarming party. She just moved to like Memo's neighborhood, had a housewarming. So she was drunk, still showed up on time, never complained, never complained the whole day. And we were there for 13 goddamn races. Let me tell you something. If I was with anyone else my age in the 30s, they would have been like, can we leave? Do we have to stay for all the races? She never said that once. It was a miracle. Never complained. I, I, I've never met anybody like that in my whole... I was always complaining. Do, do we have to stay for all the races? <laughs> she was helping every time. She was good. She, she was a pleasure to be around. People liked her a lot. She was talking to other people. She's easy to talk to. And then came to my friend Lee's party for his wife, or 50-year-old woman's wife back in the city and was able to completely hold her own where I could talk to people. These are all my friends, my best friends. And she came and she was talking to people. I mean, she was one of those people you can leave alone at a party for a bit, not forever, but you can leave alone and she can talk to people and she's not like, where were you? I was I was stuck here. I didn't know what to do. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, seriously, that's that's like a huge find. Um you know, that's hard to find in a 32-year-old or a 42 to find somebody like that. Uh, so that, you know, and I said, I, I can only bring somebody who can handle all of this. And I can't believe I found that person. She was there on Tuesday when I told her she was going to track. Like I'm, she's like, I'm inviting myself cause I love the horse. And I'm like, and then I called her. I'm like, listen, here's how the day is going to go. Like I had to call because I had to make sure she was cool for both things we were doing. And I got to say, I mean, she was unbelievable. We went out to eat in Red Bank, New Jersey after the track. Just to get a little something, I, I needed a drink because I don't like to drink at the track, you know. So he had a little drink and a little, couple of appetizers because, well, actually, I thought we were going to eat at uh, Lee and Laura's, but he had no food. I don't understand how you throw a party with no, I mean, he had some, by the time we got there, there was no food, but everyone was complaining that there was no food. I don't understand how a guy who lives on the Upper West Side, remember I always have this complaint about his wife as well. These two love having parties, love to throw parties, but they're the worst party planners i've ever met they are the nicest kindest people i know but they do not how to throw a party and when you call them on it lee seems to get it but laura refuses to believe that i'm telling the truth and i feel horrible saying it but it's like i just want to say like listen you're a horrible party planner so think about what i'm saying but nobody will listen until somebody else mentions it i guess i don't know how you mess that the food up when I went to Debbie Shea's party, uh, her 50th, uh, at, around the same neighborhood, and she has much less money. You know, she's a, a, a used to be a comic, and now she's a teacher. She did it perfect. Had a little back room. People were walking around with trays the whole night. Had a limit for the drink. You know, it was like perfect. This, for some reason, wasn't as good, and people were leaving. They're like, we got to get something to eat. And I'm like, oh. I didn't care because we had already eaten, thank goodness. But yeah, we were hanging out by the water in Red Bank. It was a beautiful day Saturday. It was perfect. Uh, walked around by the water and then went back into the city. I got to say, I'm telling you, she was a pleasure to be around. I did, I never got sick of her. I only yelled at her once because uh, you know me. It's very difficult to be around. It's not It's not anybody's fault. It's my fault. I, I, I'll tell you why I got angry. I, 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 you, 
tell me with it if it's an old man thing, if it's a Dave Juskow thing, or if you feel similar. Here's the situation. We go to Red Bank. It's very difficult to park around. It's a lovely community, you know, down by the Jersey Shore. One of the places I would think about maybe moving. And so they have a parking structure. And I'm like, I never have a problem parking in a parking structure. I'm not, I am never cheap when it comes to parking. I couldn't care less. If I can get rid of that car and put it in a structure, fine with me, than parking on the street. So they had a parking structure. It cost 10 bucks. I'm like, perfect. But they do say it's only in cash. So I'm like, all right, well, I know I have 10. I've just been at the track. I must have 10 bucks. I, after I got up, uh, you know, there I saw I had two fives, but uh, I didn't want to use the two fives in case I needed it to tip the bartender later. I'm always trying to think ahead. There's a bathroom attendant. You know, I'm like trying to put that in my head. Now, nobody ever does that, right? And I mean, how many times are you going to get burned until you're 50 where you know you want some change, whether it's a couple of singles or a couple of fives so you don't have to give the bartender on an open bar $20, you know, or ask for change, which is the word. Hey, can I get change for 20? And then you feel like an asshole. You just want to give them what you have, right? So I'm thinking ahead. We go to the thing. I know I have the two fives, but I know I have a 20. I'm like, I'll just give them 20. I'll get a 10. We go there. It's an electronic thing. They don't take credit cards. The, the thing is, a, it, there's no there's no person working there. You just have to put the bills into the thing. I didn't know that. I thought a person was going to be working there if you're asking for cash. So we get there, and I see it's cash. I'm like, there's no way I'm putting $20. I am not getting $10 of Susan B. Anthony coins. Do you know what I'm saying, folks? Have you have seen these dollars in coins, Susan B. Anthony dollars? I am not getting $10 in Susan B. Anthony coins back just to be in this stupid parking structure. I'm not going to do it. So I pulled up. I backed up. Thank God there was nobody behind me. I backed up, and I was I was furious. Who wouldn't be? Nobody wants $10 in Susan B. Anthony coins. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants to get paid in it. If I even gave it to the bodega, they'd be like, what the hell is this? I mean, I know they're perfect currency, but no one wants them. And that's what they were offering. And I'm like, screw you. Now tell me if that's, come on, nobody wants those, do they? Or am I being crazy? Anyway, the girl goes, well, I have a dollar. And I'm like, how the fuck is a dollar going <laughs> to, that's like Joe Pesci. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get your money now? She's like, I have a dollar bill. I, come on, folks. That's a stupid thing to say right there. I didn't mean to bite her head off. I was obviously angry at something else. What? Is, how is a dollar going to help me right now? I, I'm right about this, right? I Yes, I blew my top and I apologized profusely later, even on the phone the next day. But come on. I mean, uh, that was so annoying. I was trying to save my two fives. I had my two fives. I was trying to save them. That's something else, but. Why are you offering me a dollar? How is that going to help me out of this pickle? So I apologize profusely for that. I don't know. But you tell me, those Susan B. Anthony coins, oh, my God, you made them jiggling around your pocket. All right, yeah, I could have given the bartender those, but even he would have been like, what the fuck is this? What, are you giving me a quarter? He's not going to know. It looks exactly like a quarter. These are the stupidest coins on the planet. Susan B. It makes you hate Susan B. Anthony. It makes you hope... It makes you wish that there was no women's rights <laughs> because that's how angry the Susan B. Anthony dollar. And maybe it's not Susan B. Anthony. Maybe, I think it's Pocahontas now. I, I don't know why they're putting women on the least 
liked currency. Uh, those currencies should have a picture of Hitler or uh, Mussolini. <laughs> like, at least if you're going to put people on currency you hate, put somebody we all agree we hate on the currency. I mean, in a way, it's not a horrible idea. But I hear you fucking go, you prick. You hand out the thing. It's got a picture of Hitler on it. You know, you're like, here you go, jerk off. Oh, you really hate me, do you? I'm like, yeah, but I got to pay you. I know I got to pay you. Here's your coins, you jerk off. <laughs> it's not a it's not a horrible plan. It's kind of a horrible plan, yeah. But maybe we could put a president we hate. Here's your Taft coins, you jerk off. Here's your Jimmy Carter coins, asshole. There you go. Here's your anti Semitic Jimmy Carter coins. You fucking <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. That is good. Hey. It's good stuff. Anyway, yeah, we had a really good night, and then uh, she was gonna stay over, you know. But I couldn't. I could never. I can't have anybody over my house. Can't have anybody over my house. It's disgusting. I have my list of stuff. I had to do. finally last night. I'm like, all right, I'm making a schedule, and I made a schedule. I'm already uh, an hour behind schedule today. I said, do the podcast at eleven. All my schedule starts at eleven o'clock in the morning. I'm even giving myself. I'm not making any i'm just like yeah we'll get up at eight o'clock today you know fuck that i'm making a very easy schedule you know one o'clock uh, two o'clock we do writing three o'clock we practice stand-up you know uh it's on my schedule today to clean the house i have to clean the house i have food on my table not food but the packaging the garbage of the first day i got fired i mean it's like i i gotta clean the house i got rid of the cleaning lady as you know i gotta clean i can't have anybody here it's it's this. I mean, I've done the laundry and everything, but it's just ugh. so I was worried about that. But then then those guys wanted to go out for pizza late because yeah, there was no food, so went out for pizza. But I was done. I was done. But the good news is, at the track, I had lost some money, but I won at the track six hundred bucks on the Mets on a fifty dollar bet. It was beautiful. So I got that ticket. I got to go collect it. It's beautiful. Oh, I love when that happens. So then I was in a festive mood after that because I was upset. I lost. I lost. You know, I was going big down at the track. Uh, but uh, just was, you know, like I said, she was picking the winners. But you got to pick. You got to hope that a long shot comes in as well to make the money. We won one. Uh, the, the race seven. Uh, I picked a long shot that came in, which was beautiful. Beautiful. We won like 70 bucks on that. So that, you know, made a score. But otherwise, yeah, that Mets, the Mets. You believe that? Oh, it's beautiful. So now I got a ticket. You know, but the only way you can pick it up is down at the tracking, which, you know, kind of defeats the purpose. Shouldn't if you don't have a job, really shouldn't be going AC or the track. Unless that's what I choose to do with my life now. Is uh, you know, become a professional gambler. Like that guy on Jeopardy. Oh, my God. So what did I say last week? At least that guy on Jeopardy is making me happy. The day I said that, he lost. That was the one thing I was looking forward to at 7 o'clock, watching this guy win. And then this horrible woman beat him, who I hated, who had no personality whatsoever. And then she lost two days later. Oh, man, she ruined my good time. All I wanted to do, you know where he got screwed? She kept getting the daily doubles, and that's where he was winning. Once he got the daily doubles, he couldn't be caught. And this woman knew everything. She did a thesis paper on Jeopardy. Oh, crap. It sucked. That was the one thing I was really looking forward to. I liked this guy. 
I like his M.O. He's a professional gambler. He's really cool. And he's a little off, you know, like, you know, but he knew so much stuff. I'd like to give him a call. Love to have him on the show. Boy, seems like a lovely guy. I was rooting for him so hard. I can't even believe when I would see people getting close. I'm like, no. Oh, I was so angry at this woman that won. She was gross. Meanwhile, I'm kind of glad a woman beat him because I'm telling you, it was getting bad. They were putting the women to shame on that show. It was embarrassing. Only the men came close to beating him. The women were basically not even saying anything. So it was kind of good that a woman beat him because I, it was getting bad for the state of women, you know, in intelligence. That, it really was looking bad. There's nothing you could do about it. It's just the way it worked. But it, it was actually better that a woman beat him. Uh, just if you see, if you were ever to watch the things in a row, you'd see exactly what I was talking about. This is not an anti-woman statement or anything. It's just um, when you see it, you. I talked to my sister about it. She goes, yeah, it looks pretty bad. <laughs> it was like a thing if you were watching it. But major bummer that uh, that he's out. Uh, what else? Like, so, yeah, I got nothing else Nothing else planned. Let me just hold on one second. I got Get the newspaper here. I, I finally opened the newspaper. So I, you know, I get the newspaper delivered to my door and I was like going to stop it because I really just have them piling up. I just didn't care anymore. Oh, it was the Blasio. Thank God. Blas tied for last. Prez poll. That makes me happy. That guy sucks. Um, and there was one other thing that I thought it, nah, it was the Yankees. I hate them. And, you know, uh, somebody shot David Ortiz yesterday. Why would they do that? He seems like a lovely guy. That's it for today. I don't know. I just, I'm now just reading from the, I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I just, you know, when I paid all my bills, I'm like, all right, let me do three more months of the, of the post and then we'll figure it out from there. It's so ridiculous. Now I can go down and get the paper. Uh, having it delivered has always been exciting and fun, but now I just haven't been reading it and I just don't care. I don't know. I gotta, you know, I gotta make some decisions, but man, I am lazy and, um, you know, and confused and I'm just not good at this. And that's why it was so easy to stay at a job for so long because I don't know. I can't figure stuff out. Somebody's got to call, you know, with something like, can you do this? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. But ugh, I don't know. So we got to make some decisions. And by the time we come back next week, maybe we'll have something more to report and I'm telling you, everybody is writing back with the Sarah because now the posters are all over town. It's so exciting at the South Street Seaport and the Borgata has finally announced it. They've been sending stuff out. It's very exciting. My mother's getting calls. It's, it's thrilling. So let's get some material. When on Thursday I went out, when it, oh, on Thursday, that's right. Me and Rachel went to the hospital to see a friend. That was At least I got out of the house. I was like, hey, I couldn't have done this if it doesn't work. It's exciting. Uh... And then Murphy took me out for dinner to this place. He took me out for dinner to this place. He said, you got to come here. The stuff is amazing. But he was 50-50. He brought me to this place with that woman, you know, we're trying to get some money from, uh, who's really nice. Uh, he took me to dinner at this place. And it, what they serve is, I think it's a pizza place, but they have other stuff, steak and everything. So... It, it's a pizza on an everything bagel crust that has Katz's pastrami on it and uh, like Russian dressing. And it sounded gross, but it was delicious. 
And we had that as an appetizer. Then we ordered the steak for two. And that was delicious. But he also ordered, he's like, you got to get the chicken parm. That was the worst chicken parm I've ever had. So much so that I complained. You know, I asked him to say, can you ask if they changed the recipe? They said, no, there was like no sauce. It was the worst chicken parm I ever had. And we weren't complaining. We were just asking questions. They took it off the menu. They took it off our bill. I almost want to take my niece there. I told her, I called her. I'm like, we should go there just so you can have the worst chicken parm. But that's ridiculous, right? That and some, oh, and then he got this dessert, which was a s'mores dessert, but the chocolate they were using was like a flourless cake, and it was pissing me off. The marshmallow on it was brilliant, like you roast a marshmallow over a fire, but the chocolate, so, you know, the steak and the pizza were excellent, but the other stuff, he was wrong on the other stuff, because I'm always wary when somebody's like, I got to take you here, you know, like when Kenny said, you got to try the Caesar salad here, and he was right on. But sometimes people don't get it. And that's the way it used to be for me at the wing place where I met this girl. Because they were the best wings, and then they changed the recipe. They literally told me they changed the recipe. Well, that's our show for today. For the beginning of June. As we uh, move heavily into the summer, thinking about you constantly. I'm talking about my listeners. I spend my time thinking about you constantly. And it's true. Everybody. I love everyone out there. And I appreciate you continuing to listen to this train wreck that is technically my life. Of course, I can't really call it a train wreck because... Again, we must put stuff in perspective. There are people that are really going through a lot of shit in the world. So this is just a minor blip in uh, what is mostly a hilarious existence, but also uh, a little sad and a lot of bad luck. Is anybody watching that show Good Omens on Amazon Prime with Michael Sheen and David Tennant? I started watching it, and this one guy is just having all this bad luck because... He's uh, a descendant of witch hunters. And I'm like, maybe maybe this is me. Maybe I'm a descendant of people that were cursed. Or, I mean, my family is just a bunch of idiots. And it's just a fact, as I've told you on this show. They're morons. And maybe we've been cursed by witches or something because somebody, our relatives, did something really bad. I'm always looking for some sort of answer some sort of divine existence, some answers as we open the show. And now as we close the show today, I need an answer. I need a sign, a burning bush. But the answers will come, Neo. (laughs) Do I take the blue pill or do I take the red pill? We shall see as the weeks progress. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for a lovely morning of ranting and raving and making me feel better as I bring my life stories to you. And I like hearing about yours as well as we tweet together and uh, put together that website so we can spend more time and uh, become closer in a relationship that goes through the airwaves all around the world. 
I'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. Hopefully the weather will be perfect June weather for everyone out there. And I hope everyone has a lovely week. And we'll see you next time on The Night Fly. Good night, everybody. Good night.